0: So Utah played Oregon for the Pac-12 title game. It was their second matchup in the span of like three weeks or something like that. And uh, the second game was exactly the same as the first. Utah absolutely housed them. Then uh, in the, one of the most anticlimactic games, you uh, had Cal and USC played for some reason. And then Mario Cristobal up and left Oregon for Miami. So a lot of stuff happened since we last got together. We're going to talk about all that and the bull games on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show.
1: Hello, blog fans. So let's not create narratives, okay, as we sit here in this press conference. We're never going to lose it, huh? They, they, some people.
0: This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So, uh, start off with the Pac-12 title game uh, on all the way back on December 3rd. This is like 15 days ago at this point. Uh, but Utah and Oregon, and it was a rematch of the game and Rice Eccles, and it was like the it was like a carbon copy of the same game. If anything, Utah was more dominant.
1: Yeah. They're just like way better is the thing. I, mean, I, think, I, think we, yeah. I think that's what we've discovered is they're a better, they're a better team than Oregon.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, it doesn't, there's really not a ton to talk about and we're going to try and get through it quick. Cause we're worried about internet connection issues cause we're remote for the holidays. Uh, yes. yeah. Right. Uh, then the big story after the game, Mario Cristobal is being asked about, you know, there's these rumors that Miami's going to fire, uh, Manny Diaz. Is that his yes. name? Uh, his friend, who was, like, still employed as the coach, by the way, while well, his agent's, like, negotiating a salary with him. in uh, Miami was like, they're in a bowl game this year. They're playing the Cougs in the Sun Bowl. Gonna, w- one of the best bowls yes, for my money. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, anyway, they shit-can him. Uh, Miami's like, we're done screwing around. We're going to hire this big-name coach. We're going to take Clemson's AD. But Cristobal ends up going to be the new coach of the Hurricanes – and it says Oregon scrambling. What, give me a quick recap of their coaching search as you saw it unfold.
1: I have no idea what they were doing because, um, I mean, of where they landed. It's like, I assume they probably called Matt Campbell's, you know, agent, but his name never really surfaced. Um, I assume they called Luke Fickle's agent. Um, but, the, you know, the, the two guys that – you know, it was reported that they interviewed was were Wilcox and Chip Kelly, and supposedly they offered Justin Wilcox the job, and he said no. Just look. shocking, yeah. and an alumni of Oregon, whose parents apparently still live in Eugene, uh, was offered that, and said no. What do you make of that?
0: Um. I, I it's like honorable from Wilcox's standpoint that he's like sticking by his guys at Cal from the outside. It seems like, I mean, Oregon is a vastly superior job to Cal. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, you know, or, or maybe he's saying like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he doesn't think like this. Uh, but this is uh, how I would think because I'm not a winning college football coach, you know, i would be like, Well, I'd like to be able to go home, you know? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he's not a winning
1: college football coach either. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're actually – But I'd be like – Your winning percentage is better than his. Yeah.
0: i mean, like, well, let's save Eugene, and that's just a place I'll kind of always have. uh, And then, like, I'll just go, you know, make my millions, you know, win in half my games at some other schools.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's lots of theories, you know. I mean, the scuttlebutt when Crystal Ball was there – at Oregon, athletic department, uh, in terms of how they treated everybody else, right, and really uh, negative recruited everybody, and and you saw that play itself out in when it became time to do like coach of the year and like first team all conference guys, because Oregon always got the short end of the stick, and everybody was always like, well, it's because they hate us, you know, or they're you know they're they're jealous. And and all, you know, like Wilner and all those other guys were saying, well, no, it's because all the other coaches in the league are completely fed up with the way Cristobal and his team, you know, and his staff conduct business. Um, and so I, I a part of me wonders if Wilcox just didn't want to get I mean, if that was going to be how it had to be at Oregon to please Phil Knight. If he was just kind of like, you know, that's not really how I operate. Um, and if I operate the way I want to operate, it's more like Helfrich. Maybe not in results, but in terms of the way he approaches it. Um, and that, you know, has proven.
0: That you sounded like R2D2 at the end of that, but, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about like about like uh, Wilcox, you know, like that's not how he wants to conduct business. And I, I respect him for that. Uh, they, they also had it came out that they'd asked for permission to interview Chip Kelly. That didn't end up going anywhere and they end up landing on Dan Lanning, the defensive coordinator from Georgia, who is a de- defensive coordinator under a defensive coordinator head coach. I think was coaching, like, linebackers up until a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, Georgia obviously had a fantastic year this year. Uh, he's a young – I'm saying if I'm trying to view it positively from an Oregon standpoint, he's young. He's got uh, a lot of positive energy, good-looking guy, uh, presents well. Got a good gruff uh, Sark voice, you know. Oh, he uh, does. I haven't heard him. Yeah. And then, he, uh, uh, and then like, he has uh, experience – recruiting in the absolute harshest recruiting environment there is and demonstrating success in that. Uh, So in terms of just like uh, tactics, you know, Pac-12 recruiting ought to be a walk in the park for him. Uh, The flip side of it. And I think it's considerable is that this guy really, I mean, one, you're, you're going to watch him coach his first ever games as a head coach at the college level at a program that kind of thinks of itself as at least a West coast power that ought to be challenging nationally every so often. And uh, he was questioned on that about his head coaching experience. And his response was, well, I'm going to let me, you know, about not having any. And he said, I'm going to stop you. I coached like third grade girls basketball. Yeah. And like, I, I, I appreciate that he's trying to make a light statement uh, at a press conference. And uh, but like, I mean, you know, I've coached a few seasons of youth soccer and I would say that's pretty, comparable head coaching experience and I, that's concerning if i was an oregon fan i'd say that just any old idiot probably has you know like there's a wide list of people that have similar head coaching experience to this guy
1: yeah i mean oregon is going the exact same route that the university of washington just went right hotshot yep. defensive yep. coordinator at what well, what has been a powerhouse program over the last 5 years um, you know, his name I mean, Lake was was bandied about for a number of head coaching positions before he got the Washington job. Um, Lake was a lot older actually than this guy, like five or six years older. Um but they're doing the exact same thing that Washington just did. And they're just sort of banking, I think, on the fact that this guy's gonna be a better in-game head coach and understand how to uh, run a program and all of the aspects of, of, you know, sort of being a CEO of a, you know, hundred plus million dollar a year enterprise, um, uh, entails. Um, so, um, you know, as a Washington fan, I I think this is best possible case scenario for you, Doug. I mean, there is, there is the potential that he's going to be a great head coach, but I think there's an 85 to 90% chance this guy fails. I would
0: agree with that. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, I mean, even even good experienced coaches mess up when they get on a new job, you know, in terms of, like, in-game decisions. And, like, what does this guy have in terms of a track record to say, if we do it the landing way here, here are going to be the results. We're going to find out as we go. And it's a team that uh, is going to be str- struggling to find a quarterback. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's... There's some stuff to
1: recommend them. sounds like your kids are losing their minds. Oh, you can hear that. Yeah. Yeah. My my son is very yeah. unhappy that he's been put to bed about 40 minutes ago, by the way. Um, he's been pretty consistently upset with his circumstances. Um, but here's the deal, dude. He's 18 months old and it's 830. Like, that's how it goes. <laughs> like... You're going to be- You're-
0: yeah i i mean god bless you man I've, i'm i i'm too soft to do that now i've got a i've got a problem that's stretching over half a decade with <laughs> yeah. my son
1: no he's fine dude he's he's perfectly he's just mad about something i heard him not that long ago throw his water bottle out of the crib so that may be the part of his bother um <laughs> so we'll see but uh anyways speak, uh, <laughs> he's young he's a young man like our like our new oregon coach we're talking about and, uh, yeah. and and even younger still is the, the coordinator that this guy hired, a guy named Kenny Dillingham uh, from Florida State, the ninth best offense in the ACC this year. Uh, Thirty-one years old, um, and so I, again, this guy Landing is doing the exact same thing that Lake did, which is is taking all of the any experience out of the room, and they're just going to go it alone. See how it goes.
0: Yeah. That seems like lunacy uh, that you'd want, you know, like you, I mean, I guess like who, what, what self-respecting like 45 year old, you know, hotshot offensive coordinators like, well, this should, this head coach job should be my job. I'm not going to go work for this kid. Yeah. But if you
1: thought that you could probably just go work for him. And then in two years it would be your job. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what yeah, I mean, what it's a, did, a, Right.
0: Yeah. It's just what an odd, odd circumstance. It's a it's a weird hire. So, uh, you know, I mean, it could work out. I mean, no school in the Pac-12 has more resources, I think, that are you know like and is more singularly committed to the goal of winning football games uh, than Oregon. So it's not going to be for lack of trying. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I like I'm trying to be nice to him and say that you know like look at the good sides of it, but there's. I mean, you know, I mean, you you don't know till you know, I guess. So. Yeah, they're gonna find out. But there, there seems to be, yeah, there seems to be plenty to suggest uh, nobody w- will be surprised if this guy crashes and burns.
1: No, not at all.
0: <laughs> all right, uh, here here I don't really USC and Cal played like three days after the Pac-12 title game for some reason. Uh, I think it was the next day actually, but uh, Cal won. Uh, they beat USC and nobody cares because USC has got a new coach and. Either nobody cares. cares. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's, that's the deal.
0: Yeah. Nobody cares. All right.
1: Um. So let's
0: talk. Uh, let's do bowl games. All right. We are
1: podcasting while Oregon State and Utah State are playing. You and I have both taken Oregon State. I have selected Oregon State for Worm and Tubby as well in this game. So we're all riding the Pac 12. Uh, Oregon State minus six. They are losing by four at halftime. So,
0: hey, okay. we got a lot of game that's left. Right. Uh, yeah, we got no problem with that. Uh, and then, uh, unbecoming day to be playing a bowl game, you know, for, for a lesser conference team, uh, here's something not packed or tangentially pac 12 related that I wanted to talk to you about. Yes. We talked about earlier, BYU, right? Yes. Uh, ele- like well, 11 and two or something like that, or 10 and two or something. They went five and zero against the pac 12, including beating our runaway conference champion yes, this correct. year. They played their bowl game earlier today, the Independence Bowl, against unranked Alabama-Birmingham, and lost it. Yeah, well. I mean, it's just like if you're – I mean, they can't get in the Big 12s quick enough. Yeah, going independent
1: does not always pay off when it comes to bowl selection. And I think, you know, no matter how good of a year they had, they cannot have been excited to play in whatever that bowl was earlier today, which I watched actually a fair amount of. Um, And so, yeah. That's just it, too tough
0: for them. It, yeah, I mean that's just a rough one. the The, the Independence Bowl and in Lovely Shreveport, mm. Louisiana, <laughs> uh, a venerable bowl. It's one of those that's been around for a long time. I I I respect all the ones that have staying power. Yeah. You know, not like this J- Jimmy Kimmel Bowl that Oregon State's playing in. I'm going to need 20 years of that before I recognize okay. it.
1: It's going to have yeah. to become a Memorial Bowl before, right. I, <laughs>
0: before I. <laughs> 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 all right uh next up uh we have we're waiting another 10 days after today before the pac-12 plays the second bowl game and that's going to be ucla and nc state that's a good matchup in the san diego county credit union holiday bowl holiday bowl venerable bowl
1: former champions i like that former one champions too. include jake locker uh, yep. uh nc state uh one point favorite right now i'm gonna i'm gonna ride with the pac-12 again and go ucla Yeah, who knows, dude?
0: Well, actually, I'll take NC State because I need a game or two, right? Yeah, they,
1: they tend to have, like, a really kick-ass D-line. They, they seem like a team that could disrupt whatever Chip's trying to do, so that's not a bad pick.
0: Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's really it's such a crapshoot. And I haven't, you know, looked through, like, how many players on either teams are, like, just quitting because yeah. they have NFL draft prospects. Yeah, that's, that's true. There, some of their there. D-line
1: may not actually be playing in this because they like they have, like, a legit, like, two or three guys on their D-line that are that are pros, are going to be pros.
0: The most, the most egregious one I saw so far was, uh, and I totally respect it, was uh, Michigan State's running back that Kenneth Walker, two, yeah. or whatever his name is, uh, he's just out. And they're playing in the Peach Bowl. It was like a real bowl game, like a New Year's game. No, if it's not a playoff, yeah.
1: dude, I'm out. I wouldn't play either.
0: Yeah, I'm out yeah. of here. Especially I'm if I'm a running here. back. It's, yeah, it's like, why are we even yeah. doing this? what <laughs> it's ridiculous uh then uh next after that will be oregon and oklahoma in the alamo bowl oregon was like struggling to come up with whoever was going to call plays and be a coaching staff for this game because a lot of them are in miami now oklahoma's gonna have bob stoops love
1: that dude i'm i'm taking stoops all day
0: i am as well but so
1: oregon's had about five guys go uh go pro um Avon Thibodeau's gone. I saw a couple of their receivers are gone. The uh, real skeleton crew going down to San Antonio for the Ducks.
0: Yeah, and also, and uh, regarding the Alamo Bowl, generally they've positioned it, you know, as like kind of the the runner-up game for Pac-12 teams. Uh, still too new for me. I don't respect it. Yeah, it's it's sub Sun Bowl and sub Holiday Bowl. A little Holiday
1: Bowl trivia for you is that uh, yours truly attended the very first. Alamo Bowl that ever was in, like, 1991 or 92. Um, Iowa, I believe, was in that game. Maybe against Air Force? I'm not sure. I forget the circumstances upon which... uh, I don't know how it came to be, but I went with a friend of mine while we were living in San Antonio. It was fun.
0: Yeah. I bet it was a grand time. Uh, Next up, so we're we're both on stoops for that one. How about uh, December 30th? Uh, in the Las Vegas bowl, great matchup, Arizona state and Wisconsin.
1: Yeah. It's like, those are two, those are two real teams. Yeah. Wisconsin seven point favorites in this. And I'm going to roll with Wisconsin on this one. I like whiskey.
0: I like them too. I'm going to take Arizona state just to, uh, no great reason. I mean, I think, I think they're not, you know, I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, um... (laughs) I mean, this is a Wisconsin team that lost to Minnesota this year. Uh, uh, eight and four is pretty down year for them. Eight and four, I, you know, I don't know that my impression is that's like a decent season at Arizona yeah, State. I agree,
1: but I'm still gonna go with Wisconsin. Who, no- <laughs> yeah. who knows?
0: Yeah, who knows? Uh, next up on New Year's Eve, the greatest bowl in all of college football, uh, at nine in the morning local time, <laughs> Washington State and Miami, uh, in the Sun Bowl, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. So, uh, the, the only game cbs uh the only bowl game cbs ever does uh if you're looking for college football and cbs around the holidays it's the sun bowl or nothing uh the mask the the presenting sponsor of the game which i've loved for years is tony the a cartoon tiger. for frosted flakes yeah. for frosted no, flakes no no, no. <laughs> no. by yeah. himself for yeah. himself just like the jimmy kimmel yeah. bowl it's tony the tiger sun bowl he's like uh i'm into yeah. this i'm i I need some other irons in the fire yeah. in case you know you never know what these people are going to do with these sugar cereals these liberal mayors are going to outlaw them, you know or something like that I need some other things yeah. going
1: on a, 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 a like oversight in his exclusivity contract with Kellogg's was that it didn't say yeah, he couldn't, yeah didn't say he couldn't sponsor a ball game <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Well oh man anyway so yeah
0: we got the Cougs. Well, one of the great uh, team staying together stories uh, in, in a while in college football, you know, I mean, because they, they had every reason for their season to go to shit after Rolovich uh, screwed him over. And then they end up with uh, Jake Dicker, who ends up, uh, you know, who seems like a really solid guy, also like pretty light on the college coaching experience. But I'll tell you what, he beat the shit out of the Huskies in the Apple Cup and that'll that'll buy you 15 years yeah, in Pullman.
1: Lifetime contract.
0: Yeah, so this guy is good. Uh, so if he can, yeah, I mean, if they say with that run and shoot offense and he's coaching the defense and just a solid guy, he's young. I mean, hell, that guy could be there for 40 years. Who knows?
1: You got Miami two and a half point favorites. And as I've seen several Coug fans complaining about on Twitter already, the only thing that the broadcast crew is going to be talking about is Mario Cristobal during this game. So how do you, how, uh, how do you think this is going to play out?
0: Well, I mean, I think uh, Washington State is the team that has stuck together. Uh, Miami has had a middling season, uh, and basically, what pressure do they have to perform? They have a whole new coaching staff to impress, starting in spring practice. Uh, or so. What? in what? So when I say pressure, I also mean like what incentive do they have? I like the Cougs in Cougs this. Cougs playing one. without Max Borgie. You know the Borgi. Uh, uh, for what you they've know, got a, they've got yeah, they've got like he's a sneaky a six-
1: good backup like like Williams or whatever. Like he's he's actually like pretty legit. So it's probably not.
0: Yeah, Borgie, I think will carve out an NFL career because he's good at catching the ball out of the backfield and that's really valued. But I mean, like, what he's skipping this ball game so he can go be a six round pick? Like, what what do we? think I think of this
1: he's guy? he's going to make ten million dollars off of off of the legacy of McCaffrey, dude. He's just he's just timed it up perfectly. I mean, McCaffrey's a little bit of an injury risk right now in the NFL, but what he's doing coming out, you know, coming out of Stanford, yeah. you know, the, the numbs he's put up, Borgie looks just like that guy. And I think people are just going to be like, that's going to be the comp all day long. And he's going to get a two round bump based on the comparison <laughs> to uh, to our guy, McCaffrey. So I think he's going to be fine. And I think he's going to do have like a nice little run in the NFL.
0: You're thinking third or fourth round? I'm going to say fourth board. rounded. Okay. Uh, talk, I'm to get on these Cougs for this game. I like them, I like them too. Uh, and then we're going to finish it up uh, for Pac-12 Bowl games with, on January 1st, as God intended, the Rose Bowl, Pac-12 Big Ten. Uh, your Pac-12 champion, Utah, versus Ohio, an Ohio State team that lost to Oregon. If you're looking for comparable opponents, Utah yeah. didn't have that problem twice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, I mean, you, Ohio State's the sort of school where if you're not in the college football playoff, it's essentially a lost season. An Ohio State team that lost to Michigan for the first time in forever. Uh, um, inter- I, I think this is a really interesting game. I like you. I like Utah getting some points in this one. Utah, I think Utah they can, by a I million. Think they can dude. Get inside. I yeah. think Utah is going to dominate
1: this game. They want to be at the Rose Bowl so bad. They've never won one. Uh, you know, Ohio State, this has got to be their fourth or fifth trip to the Rose Bowl in the last decade. Um, and only interrupted in years where they, like you said, they're not in the college football playoff. Um, no way, dude. I think, I think Utah is going to travel. This is going to be a home game for them, and they are going to be jacked up for this game. I'm, I'm taking the youths.
0: Yep. All right. Uh, and then, uh, do you have do you have anything to say about? I mean, recruiting happened. There was so much influx, and Washington was having a small class anyway. I think they ended up signing four or five guys or something on the early signing this week. Um, well, I mean, I don't know anything I, about that. I don't follow it.
1: What we can say is that Fresno State played their bowl game earlier today, one. So they had a ten-win season, not too bad. And directly after that, Washington finished out its staff. Right, so. Brought about four guys over from that staff, um, including the, who's going to be the co-defensive coordinators. Um, you know, it's just, just a good season and, and the staff is complete. And yeah, recruiting is kind of an afterthought. It's going to be a small class anyways, but they're going to end up with about 10 guys. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see what uh, the DeBoer and his new, new staff get, get up to in the offseason.
0: Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited about him. I'm optimistic about the DeBoer era, uh, and I was happy to see oh we got that Michael Penix, Penix guy from Indiana. Do you know how to say his name?
1: Penix, dude. I know how I'm gonna say his name.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so like i mean that's a guy that has had uh he had a season with outrageous production in the big 10 he was the quarterback of that 2019 indiana team that really went a long way towards putting kalen DeBoer on the map as like a guy who should start getting some fbs opportunities uh and he ran with that at fresno and that got him in a position where uh you know he was a candidate for the Washington job. Yeah, so I mean, he's, yeah, I like that he's familiar with the offense. I like, I like that. He's not, uh, the one thing I like about it, not being Jake Hayner is that, uh, Jake Hayner could have been starting for the Huskies the last two years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, uh, he's a little and bit
1: longer. He's got a little more girth, you know, than, than Hayner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He has, he has injury prone. So you could say he's a glass Phoenix. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. Uh what I what I was gonna say about Hayner is that like it might be a bad look to have a guy who basically I mean, was, like for his reasons and I understand why he did it and it absolutely worked out for him for him to like quit on the Washington program to like get, then come back yeah. in. Though it would have been hilarious uh to when I thought about like the idea of Jake Hayner coming back to Washington Dave Chappelle used to have a bit about, like, he grew up in D.C., then, like, moved to Ohio to live with his one of his parents for a couple of years and then moved back to D.C. after uh, the crack epidemic had started. Yeah. You know? And, and like, and so that's what I thought, like, you could get some, like, real great uh, impressions from Jay Kaner about uh, the Washington now versus the Washington he left.
1: <laughs> yeah, well. I'm with you. I'm glad he didn't. I, I, I wouldn't have loved that. I, you know, he, he didn't work at Washington for a reason. And, you know, I think I think, uh, you know, Phoenix has had a fantastic season in the Big Ten, beat Penn State. Um, like you said, sort of that that 2019 year sort of put DeBoer on the map. Um, if, if we're going to go out and get a quarterback in the transfer portal, like he was the guy. Um, and so I think it's a great, a great get. And I'm, I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, and doesn't it seem like Dylan Morris is sticking around?
1: May maybe. <laughs> I mean, we'll uh, see. He, he... I see. It's hard I to guess, say, yeah, man. I mean, like, you, guess, you and I, you and I both thought he looked fine his true freshman year, the COVID year. Yeah, and and everything was a shit show about last year. I mean, the offensive of line was terrible. There was nothing cohesive about the offense. It was just, I mean, Lake completely. It's just it boggles the mind. So if he's able to flush that and kind of get back to where he was as a true freshman, where he was like perfectly good, um, perfectly serviceable, um, then maybe he's got a future. But I, I am surprised that we haven't seen him um, maybe necessarily in the, uh, you know, going to a Utah state or, you know, something like that.
0: Yeah. Speaking of offensive line, I was surprised to see Scott Huff keep his job. Uh, But I guess what the buzz is that like, Uh, A lot of the insane drop in performance in the offensive line was related to the Donovan scheme. Um, I guess I don't know. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. There could be truth. Yeah,
1: I don't know. It's like so. You coach the O line, and the O line was terrible. Like
0: you got to be. That's what I. That's my kind of thought. Is that like get him the fuck out of there? Get somebody else to coach you. I mean, you
1: know, you better believe if I was if I was the coach of the O line at Washington, and the scheme was so jacked up that we couldn't possibly succeed, like my wife's Twitter account would be making that well-known throughout the course of the season <laughs> so, that,
0: <laughs> so that, you know, that so funny. that
1: we, you know, it, it wouldn't be a surprise necessarily when, when everyone's like, well, yeah, you know, like they seem pretty upset about this. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear any of that from Hoffman's his camp over the course of the season. So maybe that's the case. Maybe yeah. not. All I know is I watched the old line and they sucked. So,
0: yeah, we were reading the stories about some reports of like a message board user uh, named "It's literally me, Scott Huff," <laughs> yeah. uh, taking taking the offensive scheme to yeah, task. Exactly.
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> that is hilarious. I like that.
0: All right. Uh, so that's good. I mean, that's probably we won't. We probably won't do a bowl wrap, and we'll just fucking get after it in uh, fall twenty two. Sounds
1: like a plan, my man. It's been fun.
0: Yeah. Likewise. Likewise. All right. That does it for this year's of eligible receivers. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, for Eric and Warren, we will see you next year.